You're listening to a podcast from Riverview Church in Bowness, recorded during one of our Sunday gatherings. For more information about Riverview Church, or service times, or contact details, go to riverviewchurch.uk or find us on Facebook at Riverview Bowness. Good morning, everyone. It is so good to be with you in your living rooms when no one else is allowed to visit. You know, I love TV shows like Flog It and Antiques Road Trip and Bargain Hunt. And the new one, The Bidding Room, has become a favourite very quickly. But the truth is, I'm not really into antiques and I never would want to have them in my house. But I love the idea of the buy and the sell and the buzz that that brings. I suppose that won't be too much of a surprise for many of you. Although usually I'm just really into the buy and not the sell. I love the hype of watching the price increase, or maybe not, for the seller. I love when the audience and flog it shout in unison, what's it worth? And Nigel Haver says, let's ask the expert what it's worth, before the seller goes into the bidding room to face the collectors. You know, those taking part in any of these shows want always to ask the experts to tell them how much money they can expect to make when their item sells. What's it worth? And is there a deal to be done? Why am I telling you this? Well, it's because I came across the best deal ever the other day when I was looking in God's Word. And it's found in Isaiah 41. And I want to read for you the first 10 verses. Be silent before me, you islands. Let the nations renew their strength. Let them come forward and speak. Let us meet together at the place of judgment. Who has stirred up one from the east, calling him in righteousness to his service? He hands nations over to him and subdues kings before him. He turns them to dust with his sword, to wind-blown chaff with his bow. He pursues them and moves on unscathed by a path his feet would not have travelled before. Who has done this and carried it through, calling forth the generations from the beginning? I, the Lord, with the first of them and with the last, I am he. The islands have seen it in fear. The ends of the earth tremble. They approach and come forward. Each helps the other and says to his brother, be strong. The craftsman encourages the goldsmith. And he who smooths with a hammer spurs him on, who strikes the anvil. He says to the welding, it is good. He nails down the idols so that it will not topple. But you, O Israel, my servant Jacob, whom I have chosen, you descendants of Abraham, my friend, I took you from the ends of the earth, from its furthest corners I called you. I said, you are my servant. I have chosen you and have not rejected you. So can you see the deal there? Well, here it comes. My text for today, verse 10. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Amen. I know this was written to Israel at a difficult time in their history, but this is also true for us today. I believe in this difficult time in our history. I know that. Because God tells us again and again throughout scripture, not just in the Old, 
but also in the new. He promises to be with us. Listen, Jesus says in Matthew 28 and 20, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Hebrews 13, 5 says, he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. That's the New Testament. Go back to the Old Testament, Deuteronomy 31 and 6. Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you. He will not forsake you. Do you know we can trust God when he says something that he will fulfill his word. He's a God who keeps his promises. Isaiah 41 and 10 and all those other Texts as well are texts that anticipate our needs. God sees people. He knows their anxieties and he cares so much about them that he brings assurance of his presence with with them. His purpose is to move people from fear to faith, from looking at the problem to seeing he is with us throughout every situation that can ever come our way. You see, if you're a Christian, God wants you to be blessed. Now, I'm not talking about a prosperity gospel, but he wants you to be blessed by knowing he is for you and he is always with you. Tom spoke about this last week. He wants shalom in the fullest sense of the word to be our portion. He longs to exchange his peace for our pain because he loves us like the best father ever. He's your father and he wants you to know that he's with you in every circumstance, even when everything seems to be going wrong, even when you've got it wrong. He's still for you. We know it's a fearful time for the whole world just now. Yes, there's light at the end of the tunnel with a vaccine being rolled out. Yes, but people are still worried. You know, it's going to be a long time until life can get back to normal. People are still not going to be able to meet up with family for a while yet, nor will they be able to go for a night out with friends, whether that's indoors or outdoors. And for us as Christians, our helplessness is not helped by the fact that we're not able to meet together in church. I know you'll be like me. We really miss that encouragement we get from being together without masks so that we can sing out our worship, that we can stand and we can praise our God, that we can hear the word preached, listen to testimony and really be set up for the week ahead, knowing we are in it together. We are being sent out with one word. Technology definitely helps, but it's not the same as being in the same room. I know I said that I could imagine all your faces in front of me, and I can, but it's not the same as you being there, because, oh, we miss hugs, don't we? Well, let's have a look at the first 10 verses of Isaiah 41. Listen, what we see here is that Jehovah is not simply the God of the Jews. He's not simply the God of the Christians and can work in their lives. He's the controller of all things. And in this case, that includes the nations, all the nations. He uses even the nations who have no thought of him to bring his purposes to pass. And it's really, really important we understand this. He is not just in charge of our lives. He 
He can use other people, other circumstances. He can use anything he wants, even if it's people that have no thought of him. He can use them. In this chapter, we see that God was was doing for Israel, and he was doing just that. He says he's, he's raised up Cyrus, that's Persia, from the east, and bring him down from the north after he'd conquered the Medes. The other nations would turn to their gods, who were mere idols, idols sorry, and would have no effect at all. But Israel did not have to fear because God was with them and he was using whatever means he decided to use to work out his purposes. And when we understand that, it's a game changer. It was a game changer then and it's still a game changer. We don't know why things happen as they do. And don't get me wrong, I don't think for one second that God brought coronavirus to the world as part of a plan. I don't think that, but I do believe he's still in control of my life, of your life, and he's doing what he decrees, using anyone he chooses to bring good out of the chaos. And you know, there's one great thing he's doing, is using his people to present him to their world in this difficult time, when so many people are looking for answers. Do you know there's far more people tuning into church services online than would ever have stepped inside a church building. Far more people are stopping and considering God when they're faced with a pandemic which is making them question what is life really all about. So, back to verse 10. And let me tell you the deals that I see God has an offer today, either for you, yourself, or for you to take to this needy world. So he's going to make trades. The first one is he wants to trade his presence for your fears. Secondly, he wants to trade his comfort for your confusion. Thirdly, he wants to trade his strength for your weakness. Fourthly, he wants to trade his help for your helplessness. And finally, he wants to trade his righteousness for your rags. Wow, flog it won't give you deals like this. These are about bringing peace and contentment, a sense of purpose into your life and into others' lives through you. So let's look at them. Number one, he wants to trade his presence for your fears. The fact that the Lord was going with the Israelites was a decider in how they faced their circumstances. And it is the big decider for us today too. We live in a fallen fallen world, don't we? So there are countless worries that invade our thoughts. Look at the media. It seems to be one crisis after another, and it's not only the pandemic, which is bad enough, but there are also fears about other health issues, about earthquakes across the world, about flood alerts down south, about fires, about recession, about job losses, and a whole host of other things. And that's just the world our nation. And far before we start to look at our own financial or physical or relational or health or personal crisis or job losses that catch us by surprise and strike terror into our hearts, we can feel helpless as we see events seem to spin out of our control. Fear is a very powerful human emotion that can even cause us to respond inappropriately in many shapes and forms. And we all know when we've done that. Fear can motivate us to take positive action, 
But equally, fear has the ability to paralyse us from taking any action. Fear can even stop us from turning to God, our rescuer, who knows every personal and moral disruption that we will ever face. I read that there are four basic fears, and they are death, failure, loss of security, and fear of the future. Well, that's as may be, but God has given the answers to all these fears. About death, Philippians 1 and verse 21 says, For me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Those are Paul's words. Looking at failure, Paul again in the same book, Philippians 4 and 13, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. What about loss of security? I'm sticking with Paul in Philippians in chapter 4 and verse 19, and my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. In fear of the future, well, we all know about that just now. Matthew 28 and 20. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples before he returned to heaven. And he's saying to them and to us, and surely I am with you always, even to the end of the age. I think there might even be a fifth basic fear, and that's of being alone. Listen to Hebrews 13, verses 5 and 6. Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. So we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. We want to trust God, but there are times when his peace just seems to elude us. So here's the deal. He will trade his presence for your fear. His presence is the only way we have any hope of conquering fear. We sing it, don't we? He is for us. He is for us. He is for us. He says, do not fear, for I am with you, for he is for us. He is for us. He is for us. He is with us. And when our focus can be turned to his presence, the fears will take a backward place in our thoughts and we will be overtaken by Jesus. Secondly, he wants to trade his comfort for your confusion. It's hard sometimes, isn't it, not to ask, why me? Why now? In some situations. But you know, that can spiral down to quite a pity party. I know that because I've been there. Confusion comes when we don't understand what's going on. That's quite natural. And it happens. It happens to us all. It's happening just now. Why are we having these trials? Why has God let this happen? Why is there a pandemic? Why are we stuck in our houses? Why can't we be in church? But I want to tell you, God owns us as his own, even in the tough times when we're questioning. I know many of you are going through tough times just now. There have been such tremendous worries and loss over the past few weeks. And I would not want any of you to think I am making light of any of these things. But I do believe God wants you to know you belong to him and he's with you. He's still in control. He will not let you slip. He says, do not be dismayed for I am your God. Oh, hallelujah. 
I am your God. Whatever is going on, you belong to God and he wants to be with you. And his deal is to comfort you instead of how you're feeling just now, to offer you the hope that comes when we trust him. He's a miracle working God and we can know his peace. That's his comfort, the comfort of his presence that the world can never give and can never take away either. Number three, he wants to trade his strength for your weakness. Are you feeling that lack of strength? Had enough? Really fed up? His promise is here for you. He says, I will strengthen you and help you. There are so many reasons why we can feel weak. Don't have to go through them all. You know what brings you down and leaves you feeling like you've no strength left for the battle. So I want you to hear these words from Isaiah 40 and verses 28 to 31. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary. Young men stumble and fall. But, do you hear me? But, those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. These are amazing words to encourage us as to who we are in God and what he's doing for us. His strength is what we find when we reach out to him, that when we manage to take our eyes off the problem and we, we know and see that he's with us. Some deal he's offering, his strength for our weakness. It's a really good deal. The next deal he offers is to trade his help for your helplessness. He says it in Isaiah 41 verse 10, not only will he strengthen us, he will also help us. We don't have to do it on our own. Sometimes all we can do is cry out to God and he says, I'll help you. No ifs or buts or maybes, just I will. I will help you. You can reach out to him and take his offer. He's reaching out to you right now and you can take him at his word. If he says it, he will do it. And finally, the fifth deal. Wow, he wants to trade his righteousness for your rags. Now that's what I call a deal. Isaiah 64 and 6 says it. All our righteous acts are like filthy rags. Everything we do to carry favour will never bring us near to God because we have a basic sin problem. All of us, no matter who you are, all of us, there's a basic sin problem. God can only offer this deal because of what Jesus did for us. He took all our sin upon himself when he went to the cross to give his life to free us from our sin problem. Not only that, but he went to hell itself and he took the keys of death from Satan and he rose to life again. Now only God could do that. You know, God cannot look at sin, but because of Jesus, we are covered with his robe of righteousness and he has made us worthy 
There's an old chorus that I absolutely love and sing, sing to myself so often. I am covered over with a robe of righteousness Jesus gives to me. I'm covered over with the precious blood of Jesus and he lives in me. Oh, what joy it is to know my heavenly father loves me so and gives to me my Jesus when he looks at me. He sees not what I used to be, but he sees Jesus. That is absolutely incredible. He paid the price so I can go free. Only by believing him and having faith in his finished work. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says it, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. That is mind-blowing. 1 Peter 2 and 24 puts it another way. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree. The body was his, but the sin was mine. Wow, think about that for a minute. The body was his, but the sin was mine. Only God could enter into a transaction like that. And on the cross, he did. And now he offers his righteousness for our rags. Jesus made this righteousness available through faith. That's all we have to do. We just have to believe him. Trust him. Believe him. Back to verse 10. And it goes on to say, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. That's our Jesus. He is the righteous right hand. Listen to Acts 7 and 55. This is Stephen becoming the first Christian martyr. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And all these years before, Isaiah could hear God say, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. You know, until Jesus, the priest had to perform his religious duties daily to bring people forgiveness. So many animals being slaughtered to be sacrificed, to bring the people atonement. And yet they were, it was never enough to free them completely. They had to go back time and time and time again. Hebrews 10 talks about it, verse 11. Day after day, every priest stands and performs his religious duties. Again and again, he offers the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. And then verse 12, and here's our but again. But when this priest had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God, at the right hand of God. You know, he's there interceding on our behalf all the time. He's there now. When we get it wrong, he's there interceding. So that still, when God looks at us, he sees Jesus. He sees we're trusting him for continued salvation. Imagine God interceding for us all the time. That is beyond imagining. That God would die for us is one thing that he would be there interceding for us all the time. Hebrews 7 and 25 says, Therefore, he is able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for them. Or listen to 1 John 2 and 1. 
My dear children, I write this so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have one who speaks to the Father in our defence, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. Oh, people of God, Riverview, I'm certainly not belittling the situation today across our world or the very hard times some of you are going through, whether you are sick or family members or good friends are sick or jobs have been lost or businesses are going under. But I am presenting a saviour who wants to exchange all your needs for God's solutions. No, it won't take the problems away, but it will make such a difference in how you face them and how you are facing them, because I see so many of you who are just looking to Jesus. Jesus is sufficient for every need that comes our way today or that we will ever face in the future. If you belong to him, you can have the certainty that his presence is with you. He's for you. His strength and help are yours and you are no longer in rags, but you're standing in his righteousness. What an amazing God we serve. He's with us always. I pray that you will be very aware of his presence, of him lifting and sustaining you and bringing you through whatever you're facing just now. So may God bless you and encourage you even in this difficult time. And if you don't know him, please reach out to him now. He's waiting for you. That's all you have to do is turn to him and he will free you from your sin and lead you on into a path with all these deals that are for you. Feel free to contact us. We'd be delighted to help you find him or to go deeper with him. God bless you all. Amen. Amen.